0: This week, a summer love story starts on a beautiful lake, but then goes terribly wrong. Welcome to My Crazy Divorce. I'm a failure as a husband. I'm a failure as a man. It's just, I'm beautiful and I'm bright and I deserve better.
1: It's a great the possibilities of what I could oh, do the world at my fingertips. My imagination brings a smile to my
0: lips. Hi everyone and welcome to My Crazy Divorce. I'm your host, Tom Milligan. Christina's and Brad's summer romance started when they were just 13 years old. They were so in love that even the four hour distance between them didn't get in the way. So what went wrong? How did this perfect couple end up here on My Crazy Divorce? Well, I can't wait to tell you. But first, we have to do a little housekeeping. You need to know that I am not an attorney, so nothing in this podcast is even close to legal advice. If you're in a broken marriage or a crazy divorce, please contact a licensed professional. Now, you're only going to hear Christina's side of the story today because I don't know Brad's side. So Brad, even though that's not your real name, you know who you are. Just let me know if you want to share your side of the story. It would be awesome to have you on the show. And everyone else, if you have a crazy divorce story and would like to be a guest on our show, just let me know. Go to MyCrazyDivorce.com and click on the Apply to Be a Guest button at the bottom of the page. I'd love to hear from you. Now that that's out of the way, let's get right into it. Christina shares bits and pieces of her story almost every day with her 65,000 followers on TikTok. I've been a big fan of hers for almost a year, so I thought I knew her story pretty well. But after interviewing her for this show, turns out I didn't know anything. Christina's story starts out in Wayne, New Jersey.
1: I grew up in Wayne, New Jersey. It was a town of about 54,000 people, very big town. Um, You know, we had two big high schools. Um, It was a really, really nice place to grow up Uh, and, it was upper middle class, I would say, and my, my family we didn't have all that much, but we had just enough. Um, and and I had a good I had a good childhood there. It was it was very nice. It was a nice place to grow up.
0: Wayne really sounds like a great place to grow up, but it's our big Catholic family that makes it home.
1: My whole family lives in uh in north jersey essentially um so we don't have i have one cousin that's in massachusetts everybody else is we're all in jersey and um yeah we're all we're all close and i have a big big family my dad is one of you know five no he's one of six i'm sorry so and then they all you know
0: we we have lots of us While Christina was growing up in New Jersey, Brad was doing the same thing about four hours away in upstate New York.
1: Okay, so he grew up in um, upstate New York. Um, I won't tell you the town exactly. I try to keep some of his information private, but uh, if you know upstate New York, um, if you know upstate New York at all, uh, Cooperstown is where the Baseball Hall of Fame is, and he's from around that area. Um, And so he's from up there, and I'm from New Jersey, so... It's a long-distance situation, but we'll get into that. Um, he was adopted. And so he was adopted um, when he was about, I want to say, three or four months old. Uh, he has uh, two siblings, a brother and a sister. that are both adopted as well. They grew up totally different from how I grew up, uh, where at, my life is very busy, my town was very busy, and his was literally, I have a huge family, yeah, and his was not so big. Um, he has cousins and all that, too, but uh, he's from a small town. I mean, it's a small town. Like, you have to drive an hour to get to the Walmart, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they had a convenience store, you know, and I spent a lot of time up there. So we'll get, we'll get into the whole story of how we met, but, um, very different from how I grew up, but he had a good, ch- he had a good childhood. His parents are, you know, good people and they, they obviously, they adopted him and, um, but yeah, he had, a he, had, from what I understand, his childhood, was pretty, pretty nice.
0: But how do two kids who are busy just being kids, living hundreds of miles apart and not even knowing the other one existed, somehow meet and fall in love? Well, turns out Christina had a best friend and that best friend had a lake house.
1: My best friend, now she's no longer my best friend. Uh, We've cut ties, but for years she was my best friend. And um, she had, her and her family had a house on the lake up in his town. Um, and so every, I mean, we were like sisters. So my parents had no issue letting me go every weekend. They were like, bye. So, but it was like a, it was a four hour difference. You know, we were four hours apart. So, um, we would go up every weekend and we would me and my best friend and her parents and we would go and we they had a boat and jet skis and we'd go on the lake and like i said this is like a little small town so it is kind of a destination spot for people because there's beautiful lakes there but as far as living there's like not much you have to drive you know
0: those trips to the lake house were always fun but boats and jet skis were just the beginning
1: we would go into town. It's a little small town. We were 13 years old. You know, there, there's, this town is nothing. We would just stroll. Me and my best friend would just stroll down the road and just walk. We, it was, it was a nice place and we would just walk and we, so we were walking past the park and my ex and his friend, um, his friend was actually the one that was trying to get my attention, but my ex Brad, we'll say Brad, right? Brad, Brad, um, Brad, Initiated it for him, so he said, "This is his exact words. Like I remember it, sick." Um, but he said to me, "Scotty wants to holler at you." So his friend's name was Scotty. So anyway, okay. <laughs> so oh, I just I honestly didn't know what to say. Um, I I I think I just like stared at them and then walked away. So but so like the first initial meeting, we did not like there was nothing happening there. I didn't want Scotty. I didn't want him. We. I was minding my business. And so the next, so we would go up every weekend. So the next couple times we'd be in town, it was like, he was like, they were waiting for us. Like they saw these two girls that were not from there. Like, you know what I mean? And so being young, we were the same age, me and my ex. So he was 13 years old, 13 year old boy, you know? And, um, And so they would like wait for, to see if we were going to come strolling through town again. And eventually he stopped me and we started talking. And, um, at first I had to convince myself that I liked him like that, like literally, because I was like, I, I, this kid's from like this little, this, this town, he talks funny. Like I was like, you know, this little 13 year old, like I seriously, like, Because he had an accent, like this New York accent. I hadn't ever been anywhere besides where I was.
0: (laughs) So even though they were only 13, they lived four hours apart, and at least one of them had a pretty weird accent, they fell in love. And since neither one of them were old enough to drive, those weekend trips were the couple's lifeline. Now fast forward a couple of years. Christina and Brad have been seeing each other on summer weekends and talking on the phone when they couldn't be together. Now, it wasn't the perfect arrangement, but somehow, it worked for them. But as they say, all good things must come to an end. But then they sold their
1: house, and so...
0: (laughs) Dang! Dang is right! With no way to see each other, that has to be the end of the story, right? Well, long-distance relationships are tough to manage at any age, but when you can't even drive, the distance seems even worse. But that didn't stop these two. So what we would do is um, he
1: would, this was before we even drove, um, he would take a bus because now we didn't have this, This, you know, I wasn't coming there anymore.
0: There was no way these two would let a measly four hours keep them apart for very long. But let's be realistic. How long can a 15 year old couple of kids keep up a long distance romance?
1: So we dated from 13 until my junior year of high school. And then my junior year of high school, um, we, which was in 2007, we broke up because his brother had called me and told me that he was cheating on me. Once his brother told me about the cheating or whatever, I don't know at that point what, I don't know what was what with that. I never found out, um, anything with that, but, um, he basically went like radio silent. I wanted to talk about it. And he just like.
0: A lot of us had our hearts broken when we were young, but looking back, I think most of us realize it was nothing. And we just bounced right back. But Christina and Brad were different.
1: It was horrible for me. I was, I was, I was a mess. I actually say it all the time. I I had to go see a therapist when I was in my junior high school because I was so devastated over
0: the breakup. Yeah, both of them dated a bit after breaking up, but it just wasn't the same. So Brad's silent treatment ended because he wanted Christina back. And her parents loved that idea. My
1: parents loved him, and they—they they really like they at this point they loved him. And my mom was the one that was like, "You really need to give him another shot." Like, he came begging. I mean, he drove down to New Jersey and started begging for me at my front steps. Like, I—I I kid you not. Um, I had a boyfriend and all. Like, it was ridiculous. But my, yeah, but my mom, you know, my mom was like, "You need to give him another
0: shot." Like, da da
1: da. She, they, my parents
0: loved him. Eventually. Brad and Christina's parents wore her down and things went back to normal, meaning more long bus rides and more late night phone calls. After a while, Brad decided he was done with the long distance, but he wasn't done with Christina. So he dropped out of high school and moved to New Jersey. They invited
1: him into our home to get, you know, to get it, get him on his feet in another state, you know?
0: So that's where we were for a little bit. Pretty soon... Christina's finishing up high school and Brad has found a decent job. They've both turned eighteen and are living together in her parents' house in New Jersey. Wow, those are some pretty cool parents now, of course, everybody knew it was temporary.
1: yeah, it was about a year um and we moved out after we got engaged so we got engaged in two thousand ten um, I was Just turned 20. Just turned 20 years old.
0: So after living with her parents for two years, Brad and Christina are officially engaged and move into their own place. They were both 20 years old and in no hurry to get married or to start a family. We didn't move out until we got engaged. Um, And we just, we weren't
1: in a rush. We were 20, you know, so we were like not in a rush to like have babies yet or
0: anything. All engagements come to an end. Either they break up or it ends in a wedding. So after three years of getting engaged, our young lovers were married.
1: Okay, so we got married November 1st, 2013. And, um... It was really, really, really a nice day. So we wound up getting the most beautiful wedding. Um, It was a perfect day. It was 70 degrees out in November. You know, we just had the, we had the best wedding day. We had everything. We had the whole cocktail hour. We had an open bar. We had, you know, the, the, what do you call it? The Viennese table. I don't know what they say, but the desserts, the chocolate fountains, all of it. My mother, she loved, it was her, I mean, listen, she, I told her, I don't care it was her dream wedding. But I told her that I she, I wanted her to do it. I wanted her to do the things because I knew it would be beautiful.
0: Everything seemed perfect.
1: Life was like really good. We had like a very simple life. We were young still, you know, we were just enjoying, you know, each other's company and good food and, you know, just friends and yeah, that's it. I mean, that's what we were doing and everything was great. And if you would ask anybody that's known at either of us, I mean, there's people that have known us the entire time. Um, Our relationship was the one that everybody wanted. I-, I mean, and genuinely it was like, it really was. And I felt that way. And I never once questioned that he didn't feel the same way. He was very good to me. It, 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 you know, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a bad relationship, but, um, I think that the biggest red flag was that he, he really had no issue just kind of flying, like just going like, for instance, we, his job that we're going to talk about the job, but his job that he got, when we first got married, he's traveled. Okay. So it wasn't, he wasn't always home but it wasn't constant travel either so he'd be gone for like two weeks at a time and then he'd be home for two months or you know it, it gradually got to be more and more and more uh but he was just like he just kind of wanted to go wherever he wanted to go if that makes sense he didn't really uh he didn't really like check in with me not that it was really ever an issue then but uh, it's something i noticed
0: after a couple of years of being married, Brad and Christina decided to expand the family. So 3 years after the wedding, Christina and Brad were thrilled to welcome their first son Logan into the world.
1: Before before I had my son, everything was um really good, like really good. He started the, his new job um like right when we got married. Um so, you know, money was getting better than it had been previously. Um, I was working for Chevrolet and customer service. I was, a the BDC manager for the service department. So I was doing that. And, um, you know, he would always text me and stuff when he was gone, but it, it, yeah, our relationship really started dwindling with that job. I, I honestly, but like not immediately, because like I said, it wasn't until I had my son that he really started traveling. He'd be gone a little bit, which I was fine with the two week thing. I was okay with that, a little break, you know. Um, but he, it, it got to the point of he was volunteering him, himself to go on these trips when he had that he when he could have stayed home and made the same amount of money. There wasn't that moment. Uh, I was very blindsided. Um, it, it it didn't happen until my son was my oldest. He's five. Um, he was. It it wasn't, my son was diagnosed with autism at two years old. Um, and it was shortly after that when I, uh, some, it, it wasn't going the right way.
0: I could feel it. Look, everyone knows that having children is really hard, but having a special needs child must be brutal, but any parent would do whatever it takes to take care of their child, right? Brad was very,
1: um. He, I was looking for answers because for my son and I knew something was developmentally wrong and, um, he didn't want me to. He didn't want me to look for answers. Yeah, that was definitely the point. So it w- we still went a lot longer. You know, we were all living in a big, big house with my mom, who was my grandmother's caretaker. I was a stay at home mom. So we wound up moving into a really big house together where we all kind of had our separate areas. However, I was helping caretake for my grandmother. So I had my son and I had my grandmother. I was helping my mother be her caretaker. So he started, I started getting these weird vibes while he was like away. Okay. And, and I didn't know, I didn't know if I was just like going crazy because I had so much on my plate. I had Logan in therapy. I had my grandmother who I was helping walk to the bathroom every 20 minutes. You know, I was just constantly like, you know, I I couldn't, I didn't know what way was up at that point. And so I'm like, you know, I don't know why I have these bad feelings, but they're there, but we're just going to ignore them. And every time he goes away, I get them. And I didn't have them before he was going away, but I didn't have them before but I'm just going to ignore them. And this was while we
0: were trying to have Charlie. So despite the challenges of raising a special needs child and helping to take care of her grandmother, Christina wanted another baby. So
1: I get pregnant with Charlie after a year of trying.
0: Success. Charlie was on the way. This episode of My Crazy Divorce is sponsored by OurDivorce.com. When I got divorced about 20 years ago, it took 19 months and $40,000. So in the fall of 2019, when I was, well, compelled to get another divorce, and even though I had a lot more to lose, I didn't want to spend the money or waste another year and a half of my life going through it. So I sat down and wrote up a divorce plan. I knew that if my wife and I could work together just one last time, we could get through it quickly and without attorneys. The result? Our papers were ready to file just a couple of days later. So instead of spending a year and a half getting divorced, I've spent that time perfecting my plan and making it available to everyone on OurDivorce.com. For just $299, OurDivorce.com's proprietary three-step process guides divorcing couples through the entire divorce process and provides the divorcing couple with a complete set of divorce papers, along with easy-to-follow filing instructions for their state. $299 is a great price, but Our Divorce doesn't charge anything to use their service unless it works for you. Will your attorney make that guarantee? If you or someone you know is thinking about divorce, visit OurDivorce.com today to get started for free. That's OurDivorce.com to get started today. Now remember... Christina and Brad aren't 13 anymore. They're in their mid-20s. They've been together for over 10 years and married for 5 or 6 years, and they're raising a special needs child while taking care of an elderly relative. This doesn't sound as fun as it used to be at all. But life has a way of sneaking up on us like that, doesn't it? Regardless of what was happening in their lives, nothing could have prepared Christina for what happens next.
1: But his reaction was, like, shocked. And and immediately he told me that he doesn't know if we're doing the right thing. And that he, now, I told you earlier, he's adopted. He told me that maybe we should give him up for adoption. Okay.
0: Yeah, literally. What? Put him up for adoption? Who says that? What a douche. But why would any father? especially one that's been trying to get his wife pregnant for a year, suddenly decide that he wants to put his own child up for adoption? Well, we're about to find out. So anyway,
1: fast forward, um, I'm four months pregnant, and this is when I find out about the affair. Now, I um, I had had the gut feeling for a year. I knew something was going on. He came home one day. I was four months pregnant, and he comes in the door after being out all day with his buddy. Okay, and he says, "You know, I'm gonna go back out with my buddy." Yeah. Well, this at this point, I don't know. Who, I don't know if he was with his buddy during the day, but I know he wasn't going back out with his buddy. He tells me he's gonna go out and play pool that night with the same guy he was with during the day. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know. So I said, all right, well, I'm pregnant. I'm hungry. Please, can you go get some burritos down the street before you go? And bring me back some burritos. I'm hungry. Sure. No problem. So he's in the bathroom. He's shaving. He's doing all the things. Well, he leaves his phone on the bathroom sink. Now the burrito place is literally, I like could throw a rock. It's that close. Um, it, I could throw a rock. And he left his phone by mistake. Well, she was blowing up his text messages. And I heard the text messages going off because he left his music on the phone. And so anytime a text message would come through, it would kind of like silence it. And then like, whatever it was doing, right. I don't remember exactly, but I was, and so I went to go turn off the music and the, the texts were on the screen already. The second I turned the Spotify off, they were up and it was her and she was gonna be late for their outing that night i i was reading the messages like because at that point i i had scrolled but it was like almost like an out-of-body experience i swear it was like i didn't even realize i can't explain it but it really was like an out-of-body experience and i was like i can't believe what i'm reading but he walked through the door not long after that <laughs> Because like I said, it was a, it was, it was a, it was a skip away. So I didn't even have time to really even process it before he walked back through the door. And, um, I had just had the phone in my hand and I, I think I did collapse to the floor and I just said, how could you do this? And he went completely white as a ghost. I mean, I've never seen the man. I have, (laughs) he looked like he was about to drop dead. He really did and i just went off the handle i threw the phone i mean i i didn't throw it at him but i threw it um just that was it i was well, i was pregnant i was pregnant i was terrified that i my stress was going to hurt the baby i've never felt so sick in my entire life i i felt like my whole body was going to collapse i felt like uh my like my heart was literally like like not in my body like it was the i couldn't see
0: well, 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 the extra travel with a female coworker, the attitude about his unborn child, it's all making a lot more sense now.
1: I have more than messages. My cousin caught him on an airplane in Georgia with her, cuddled next to her. My first cousin, this isn't like a, a fifth cousin, sixth cousin, I don't know. My first cousin, who he's known for 16 years, they made eye contact. Actually, this was after I found out and I gave him another chance and he was still doing it. Uh he also was caught in a bar with her by my stepdad, um uh, my my mom's new husband. Uh and he was also caught in hotel rooms on the trips themselves because my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, he works for the same company. So, he was told, "Hey, is aren't you Brad's aren't you Brad's brother-in-law like by marriage?" And he said, "Yeah, it's my, you know, Told him the situation. He's like, isn't his wife pregnant? Yes, yeah, she is. Why? Well, he's Brad's in, in so-and-so's hotel room every night.
0: Well, two things have become perfectly clear. First, Brad isn't very good at this whole sneaking around thing, right? He clearly didn't take any precautions to hide what he was doing. So he either wanted to get caught, or he just didn't believe anybody would out him. He still doesn't admit it, but uh, he
1: still denies that it's ever happened. So he got caught in so many ways that he I don't understand how you deny it.
0: Dude, seriously? That's like staring directly at the sun at noon on a clear summer day and claiming it's midnight in the middle of winter. Yeah, but whatever helps you sleep at night.
1: Okay, so after all that, um I said he said to me, I want to make this work. I love you. And I said, okay. I said, well, I know you're not going to go to therapy with me or counseling. I already knew he was like, he's, uh, you know, no, I, I was like, all right, well, I need you to be completely transparent with me and I need you to be honest with me and I need you to, um, you know, if I want to see your phone, which I don't think I ever asked him except one time and that was the last time, um, I said, you need to do that for me because I'm going to build, we have to build back trust here, you know? And he at first was like on board and he was very uh, receptive and he like would text me, you know, all the time. Let me know where he was at, just like doing extra
0: things. I have to admit at this point in the interview, I just wanted to scream, no, Christina, but at least she set some ground rules. But did she just say at first Oh no. But he was gone a lot.
1: He still traveled and he promised me that she wasn't, you know, there. And I had found out later that she was on one of the trips. They weren't always together on the trips, but uh, I found out that he had lied to me. And that was when my cousin saw him on the airplane. Um, and he had told me that he was not on that trip with her. He had told me that he would had been on that trip with somebody else. And, um, so he was cons- consistently doing these things. But I knew at that point that I couldn't do anything at that moment. Like, I'm about to have a baby. I have an autistic son. I'm, I'm a stay-at-home mom. He's the only means of income. I, I'm stuck.
0: I can't even imagine how helpless she must have felt. And I think we all know Brad wasn't done lying. And he certainly wasn't done getting caught doing it.
1: So for the first year, um, we had like, we were under an understanding with each other that, um, you know, the finances were going to remain the same. Um, he was going to be paying the rent and he, I was stay at home mom. I like, you know, like I don't have anything. Um, he was going to keep things where I was still in charge of the bank accounts at this point. So for the first year I was still doing all the bills like we were, it was kind of like we were still together, but not. Um, as far as like finances and it actually, even physically, it felt like that for me because I was by myself all the time because he was always traveling. So it felt very, um, the only difference was I had a newborn baby. I mean, newborn. So I was doing all that by myself. Um, but he would come and see the kids every other weekend at this point, And he would, uh, stay overnight one night. Um, I would leave and, um, and so it stayed that way for a year, and then one day he decided to pull all the money from the bank account. Uh, he redirected his um, he redirected his direct deposits, and he told me he was only going to be giving me a certain amount of money per week, which was not even enough for diapers and wipes. So, or maybe just enough for two kids. Um, and so my mom, I went to my mom, and she said we need a lawyer. It's time to file for a divorce. He got served his papers. He immediately lawyered up. Um, and right after he lawyered right after he got served before he lawyered up. So like in between, in between he went and took out. Now, anyone knows how 401ks work when you're married. Um, it's, it's a marital asset. And he went and took, thousands out of the 401k, but he's stupid because he got it mailed to my house.
0: Like I said, he's not very good at this.
1: My lawyer. So my lawyer wanted me to hold on to it and not cash it. She's like, don't cash it. I still have it. He got that check reissued throughout, throughout the divorce. There was a lot of uh, hiccups because of my ex. He would not give me money until he talked to a lawyer. And I said to him, No lawyer is going to tell you not to feed your children. Like this is ridiculous, but he would not talk. He would not give me money from when he took that money out to when he talked to a lawyer, which is only, it was honestly maybe a week because I had gotten a lawyer. That is the only reason he stopped paying the rent. um, And then he also just recently got his name taken off the lease. Somehow we still do not know. I'm now battling the apartment complex I live in as well. He's very, um, he likes to play these like games indirectly. So he will not actually start like fighting with me, but he will play like these little, he'll just do these things. And it's like, you're just digging yourself deeper, but go ahead, go for it. (laughs) And then we come to the point of where I asked him one day to see his phone. This is, this is after Charlie is born. I gave birth to Charlie. This is about a week later. I asked him to see his phone and I I did it while he was getting in the shower. So he was completely butt ass naked and he, I want, I did that on purpose because he was going to step in the shower and his phone was on the sink. So why are you going to jump for your phone if you're literally about to jump in the shower, if there's nothing on that phone, right? Like you're about to walk in that shower. It wasn't like, Oh, let me grab my phone real quick. And Oh, I mean, you gotta see something like, no, So he, he let, he jumped for that phone so fast and, um, I didn't even have to see what was on it. He, he, I tried to grab it. He struggled with me and I said, you know what? That's it.
0: She's right. That is it. Despite the fact that he didn't let her see anything on his phone, Christina finally saw everything she needed to see and probably a lot more. So while the visual of naked Brad lunging for the phone is pretty disturbing, that entire scene reminds me of a quote from Henry David Thoreau that says, it's not what you look at that matters, it's what you see. So
1: I called my dad, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, where's all his clothes? He's like, Christina, get rid of them, pack his shit. So I did. And uh, he came home to all his shit packed at, at the front door. I kicked him out. We ended the relationship in separation um, when Charlie was only like
0: three weeks old. But as anyone who's ever been divorced knows all too well, separating is just the first step of a long and expensive process. As of this recording, Christina and Brad have been separated for over two years and have been actively trying to get divorced for about half that time. So I asked Christina to tell me what progress has been made so far.
1: Um, so we've had, um, uh, you know, a, a parent mediation, which is where we discuss custody, um, where he wanted only every Thursday after work, he wanted no overnights, um, nothing. Um, he, so he did that for like two months before he stopped coming to see. So that happened in October um, and he was done in December coming to see them.
0: That's it? A parent mediation? Whatever that is. And all that that parent mediation has produced is what can only be called like a deadbeat dad. Well, so how much has it cost so far?
1: we are looking at probably like $14,000 at this point.
0: $14,000 just to learn what we already knew? Uh, well, how long is this going to take?
1: To be honest with you, when we've been in, um, we've been in court uh, mandated, like, I don't know how you say it, but the court makes you do these mediations. Um, you know, they're instead of, it's basically your, your road to trial, if you will. Um, and you have to make all these steps, you know? And, um, so in the mediations, they tell us that it could be over a year. Um, and because of COVID and everything else, it's, everything is backed up. So, it could be another it could be another year unless we come to some sort of settlement
0: another year even though she's not done i asked what she's learned from her marriage and her divorce so far
1: Hmm. what have i learned well um i've learned that people are definitely not who they always claim to be or um or some people wear a mask very well And, um, I've learned that you really have to find your, you know, yourself, um, because I was very much, it was not just me, it was us. It was us my whole life. Um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't have a me, I just had an us. And, um, so I think it's very important whether you're like in a relationship or not, um, to just have to find that, you know, self-awareness and like, you know, just that self-nurturing and everything else and, and don't depend on another person for it. Because in a blanket of an eye, someone will can walk all over you and step on your back and, and they don't even think twice about
0: it. But you got to be the one to pick yourself back up. Wow. Great lessons. As we wrapped up the interview, I asked if Brad has said anything about Christina's TikTok.
1: He freaked out when he saw my TikToks because he does know about my TikToks and he had a cease and desist letter written, um, trying to get me to take all my things down. But my lawyer did come back with the fact that I have never once said what he does for a living, what his name is, where he, where he lives, like anything. I've never said a single word about, uh, you know, identifying him. So unless you know who and where and when and why, uh, it'd be really hard to pinpoint those two people. I talk on my TikTok and I have no problem telling my story and I do it because I know it helps people as well. And I wish I would have saw someone like me, like a, like a hot mess. I want to let people know that they're not alone in this.
0: You know, I have to tell you, at some point, Christina learned that Brad's special friend was engaged while she was sneaking around with Brad. That engagement ended. I'd say her ex-fiancé dodged a bullet. Christina's journey isn't over, so she's promised to come back and give us an update when the divorce is finally over. In the meantime, you can catch almost daily updates directly from Christina on TikTok by following her. Search for Christina Rose 73 and follow her. That's Christina with a K. I sincerely want to thank Christina for sharing her crazy divorce story today. I also want to thank our sponsor, OurDivorce.com, who has made it their mission to provide the most affordable, easy-to-use, and effective self-service divorce process ever imagined. OurDivorce.com charges a flat fee of just $299, and only if the process works for you. Go to OurDivorce.com for more details. I just wish Christina and Brad could have used OurDivorce.com. Just imagine how much money they could have saved. Instead of taking care of his boys, Brad would rather pay an attorney. That's just sad. Well, I'll be back next week with another crazy story on My Crazy Divorce. If you have a crazy divorce story, please go to MyCrazyDivorce.com and click on the Apply to be a guest button at the bottom of the screen. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends. But even more important, please rate and review the show on whatever app you're listening to right now. It really helps us get the word out. Until next week, everyone.
1: Imagination brings a smile.